Okay, um, we're live, and first and foremost, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Brand Herald Podcast, where we love talking to um, leaders from all different types of organizations about building awesome brands. And um, I'm Landon Wade, the owner of uh, Goods and Clothing and Supply Company here in Louisville, and I'm excited to have Nancy Myers with Lawyers Mutual of Kentucky here today. And first of all, Nancy, thanks for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this today. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I, by the way, before I get going, you guys, uh, I feel like you guys do a great job. I mean, you do a great job with marketing in general, but your social media stuff is really good. And I noticed that uh, a lot of the things that we've done for you, I think show up in those pictures from what I can tell. (laughs) They do. They do. They're a good help to remind people who we are um, and to keep a theme going throughout the year. Well, we'll get into this as we go, but I know that even just from those pictures, I can tell you guys are getting more involved in things that you used to do a lot of pre-COVID. And I know you mentioned to me, I think, that you had obviously, like a lot of us, that a lot of that had gone away and it seems to be coming back. So we can talk more about that as we go. Yes. All right. So normally, or every episode, really, we just start out and want to get to know you. Um, So if you could just take some time and tell us, you know, where you're from, where you grew up high school, college, family, whatever, whatever you think helps us to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, of course. Um, I grew up all over, ironically. Um, I was born in the great state of Kentucky um, and moved away, moved a lot as a kid growing up. And then um, we moved back to Kentucky when I was in high school. So I went to high school in Woodford County or Versailles, Kentucky. For those that aren't familiar, I am a proud Woodford County yellow jacket. Um, And then I went on to college in Danville, Kentucky, small town, Center College. Met my husband there. Um, We've been married for forever, it seems. And we have two kids. Um, One is now in middle school. Which is exciting when your kid starts middle school. It's a whole different ballgame, people. Whole different ballgame. And then I have a little one who's in first grade. Now, where you're from, your roots are, that's bourbon country right there. Yes, it is. Bourbon and horses. That's right. It's the heart of it all. We are the tri- yes, we are definitely part of it all. Um, I will say when I was in high school, they had a leadership academy. And that was the course that you took. Like they went and they took us to the distilleries and to the horse farms and you had tours and you learned about the different industries. Um, And I mean, I graduated high school in the 90s. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you that. I mean, that country out there is really beautiful. Actually, we have a partner Mm -hmm. of ours that's in Danville um, that helps us out with some kind of kit projects from time to time. And yeah. you know, it's, so I was actually just, I just drove out there a couple of weeks ago. Is it John Michael Montgomery that's from Danville? He is from the county. From the um, county. He is not from Danville itself. I believe he's from outside of Perryville, maybe. Okay. Yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. And the other interesting little tie in with Woodford County is so my wife and I had our, well, we were supposed to go on a cruise a couple of years ago for our 15th <laughs> wedding anniversary, but. That got canceled, so we didn't go on it till March of this year. So we we celebrated our fifteenth wedding anniversary on our seventeenth anniversary, and <laughs> we were in uh, St. Lucia, and uh-huh. ended up meeting another couple that uh, happened to be from Woodford County, and it turned out to be the chief of police in Woodford County. Um, and we spent some time, and now I cannot. I know his name was Mike. I can't remember his last name. Really great guy. And then what's funny? We we go on that cruise. 
small world in and of itself that you meet some people from Woodford County in St. Lucia. And then we come back and like a month later, we're in Oldham County for like Oldham County days. I think it was walking down the street and there he is again. <laughs> we ran into him. So it's, I mean, I hear how Louisville is and in, in, in surrounding, you know, this area, just big, small towns or just a you know, tight knit community. But man, that takes it to another level. It is. It really does take that to another level. And congrats on seven, 17 years. 17 We're getting years. close to our 20th this year. Yeah. So. That doesn't happen very often these days. It doesn't seem like. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they just blur. The years blur. That's right. Years that's right. Um, all right. So was it military that caused you to move a lot or was it just family like job type stuff or? Family job type stuff. Okay. I became really good at the introduction to your classmates at the beginning of the year. Yeah, That can be tough. Um, yeah, hi, my name is, it makes my job a lot easier. Well, ironically. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. So just a couple things here. These are some, you know, more fun questions, just a couple of little things to get people or help people to know you a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. These are not super serious, but I've found there's a couple of them I really like to ask. So um, when you go to a coffee shop, what's your drink? Oh, easy. Um, well, almost easy. In the winter, latte, sugar-free, hazelnut, almond milk. And in the summer, cold brew, sugar-free. <laughs> All right. Now I'm taking notes. Hazelnut, almond milk. Sugar-free. Yes. Sugar-free. So kind of healthy. Not really. <laughs> so basically, same drink, hot and cold. It pretty much, yes. Got it. Interesting. What's what your, about you? What, what kind of drink do you, you know, prefer? I, I am the worst person to ask this question to because it's it's large black coffee. <laughs> That's okay. it. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that. And I think probably okay. because... I mean, I still battle it to this day, obviously, um, you know, just with being healthy and and needing to get healthier. But drinks was a battle that I fought a long time ago. And I think it was just like the sodas and the sugary drinks and stuff. I just made up my mind one day. It was like, I love coffee. And if I'm going to drink it, I have to drink it with nothing in it. And I just, well, there you go. I did it and I I it stuck. It is one of the few things that stuck. I can tell you for sure. (laughs) Um, which I'm curious with you being in this area. Well, you're up in Cincinnati, actually, is kind of home. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, yes. What are the coffee shops that you like? There is a great. So I'm in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, and there's a great little coffee shop down the street called Fort Thomas Coffee. Okay. And they just moved into a new space. They have this great kid friendly area and this outdoor seating space. And they've got video games that, like, my son loves to just go and sit and play a video game or two and areas where you can work. Um, they've added coffee centers. I mean, conference rooms and just couches. It's very comforting when you go in. Got it. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. And I actually, one of my friends, his name is Mike Bisbee. He's a, uh, he's a financial guy. He's got a company called Bisbee Capital and he's, I mm-hmm. think his, um, I think his office is in Fort Thomas actually. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So, um, it is a small world. It is. Do you know Mike? I do not. No, do but you know the company. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, he's a great guy. He um, he went to college with literally one of my best friends in the world I've known since first grade, and um, <laughs> we actually have done a lot of his stuff for uh, for business. Ah. Yeah. All right. So you got three hours to yourself. What do you do? <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's it's few and far between when. 
you can rest when you have kids That's that true. are all over the place. That is true. Yeah. And we're, so remind me, you said you have two kids, right? Yes. One uh, in middle school and one younger. Did mm-hmm. I hear that right? Yes. Yes. Got it. Where do they go to school up there? So my son is at Highlands Middle School and my daughter is at Johnson Elementary. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got kids in sports and other things and it's um oh. it can be crazy. It is and I was writing out my September calendar like the family one this past weekend and it it made my head a little dizzy to look at it for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. Yes. What I'll ask you the, this one. What is your best advice on being what do you think the key to being successful is across your career when you've seen whether it's your success or the success of others that you've seen, what would you characterize as kind of the key? I think keeping at things, but being genuine, finding the things that you enjoy and keeping with them and trying to learn as you go, um, educate yourself. Um, then being the ability to stay with it or see the course, ask the questions because you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what helps you grow. Oh, that's good. Persistent, always learning, mm-hmm. be genuine. Yeah. Um, yes. No, it's good. Thank you for, for bearing with me there. That's, and I tell everybody that I've done these with that I take notes on the coffee drink so that if we go to a coffee to get coffee one day, I'm, I'm challenging myself to remember what your drink is to see whether I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're kind of in marketing and sales, so you could appreciate that, I'm sure. I do. I do appreciate that. Well, let's, I'm going to transition to talking about Lawyers Mutual. Tell me, um, if you could just educate us a little bit on the company, you know, the history, um, you know, where it was founded, created, uh, maybe who founded it, how long you've been there and how you came to work there. So Lawyers Mutual is unique. And um, so one, we provide legal malpractice insurance for attorneys, which not everyone is aware is um, something that's necessary or needed for the industry or something you think about. You think about it with doctors, but not necessarily attorneys. Um, But what makes us unique is we're only in the state of Kentucky. So we were founded in the late 80s. Um, by a group of Kentucky attorneys, and they raised the money, and they started a mutual company. So we only sell professional liability insurance to attorneys in the state of Kentucky. And that's our business. And so tell me a little bit about, like, I'm trying to think of how to ask the question. A mutual company. Is it owned by someone? Is it owned by a group of we people? We are. Is We're it- owned by the attorneys. Got it. Mm-hmm. And does it- So they put up the... They put up the funds and started the company years ago. Got it. So only in the state of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys talk about how it's sort of like a product sold by attorneys to attorneys, essentially, right? It's for attorneys. For so attorneys. what also makes us unique is our board of directors. They're almost an extension of our staff. We're a very small company. Um, and our board of directors comes from each of the districts, and they represent all the different types of legal legal areas of practice throughout the state of Kentucky. And we can ask them questions when we need to or talk about different things. And they're very involved with our day-to-day and where the company's going and making sure that we are on track with our core values and our mission. Got it. And is the only physical office that you guys have here in Louisville? 
Yes. So a couple of us work remotely um, in Lexington and myself in Northern Kentucky. But yes, we're in Louisville. Tell me how you kind of, it looks like you've been there for about 13 years from what I can tell. Yes, I just celebrated 13 years um, at the end of August. Okay. Yes. How did you how did you come to work there in the first place? <laughs> Knew someone who told me about the company. Okay. Um, yeah, so my very great friend from college, her husband, um, was on the board, and they knew that the company was hiring. And at that point, I was in uh, marketing, but pharma marketing. Very different. Yeah. As, as you could possibly imagine. And they told me about this position coming up with a company, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it and try to imply. Yeah, no, that's, it's funny. Even then, I, it looks like you started in 09, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I continually see, and we see, obviously, and even our relationship with Lawyers Mutual is is a relationship. You know, it's, it's so much of it is about who you know and the connections that you have and the relationships that you have. Uh, yes. And, and I think in our case, I don't think we knew each other. But no. Robin Raypole, who was formerly at mm-hmm. MCM, we've we've had Chuck Summers on the podcast, who is uh, with MCM, um, and then she was there, and I think took the position with you, got, you all, and uh, and then connected us. Is that I'm remembering that right? I think right. That is that is correct. Yeah. We were evaluating some things, and she said, "Hey, I've got a company we love. Would you consider looking at them?" And the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> And we make more and more history as time goes on, hopefully. Well, yeah. So one of the things I'm curious about, though, in that, you know, in that regard, talk me through that, because I'm always I'm always curious, like, because um, obviously you bought a lot of this stuff before and uh-huh. you've dealt with companies we've talked about it. Tell me a little bit about, you know, when that happens um, from your perspective, at that point, you don't know us at all. Robin comes in, says, hey, you know, should give these guys a shot. Tell me how that hits you and kind of what's the process look like there and, and how do we end up? You know, I'm driving towards talking a little bit about like how you guys work with us, the things we do for you, things like that. But I'm just curious because that happens a lot. And I'm just curious how that hits you. (laughs) It doesn't happen as often as one might think. Um, And it's definitely one of those things you evaluate or I evaluate on a case by case basis. Yeah. Um, Because you can imagine you get cold called a lot as well. Yes. Um, I liked what Robin had to say, but I think it was in the initial discussions as I was trying to share about our company and things that we do for traditional purposes and things we do, as I say, as the hook. Like there are some times where I just like to have a promotional piece or an item at our event that requires someone to talk to me. And it might be as simple as what in the world is this? And then you have to sit through and explain it. But not only do I look for that, I look for something that the attorneys could use that is professional related. And the big kicker is we are regulated by the insurance industry on what we can spend for an attorney over in a lifetime. And you guys heard that in my initial discussion. And we're willing to present numerous ideas. And when I would say no to one thing, you'd come back with another. And I love the going back and forth and really hearing what I was trying to say. Um, I think a unique item that you got us to use this summer at the Kentucky Bar Association's annual convention 
we had a slew of items. Um, we did a mini Buddha board this year, which that was a first for us, but it's focusing on the wellness, um, that initiative that the bar and we are supporting and trying to promote and encourage, which I thought that's a neat one and a great thing for people to look at if they haven't checked out the Buddha board yet. Um, starts a great conversation, but really it was the towel. The Limic towel that you guys sent over. And I love that we were able to customize it the way that we could. And it was, we did all of our pieces this year um, by playing a bingo game, um, but we called it Limic. But you had to answer trivia questions. Like it was so multi-tiered. Like you had to answer trivia questions. And if you got so many trivia questions right, you got to spin the the Limic wheels, and then you got to pick a prize out of it. But that towel just had a lot of conversations and it worked out that it was during the summer. People had were going to the pool with their kids or to the beach or could use it with their car. And I feel like it also it reminds you later on of, oh, Lawyers Mutual. I remember them or I remember playing this game with them. And hopefully they'll remember that for years to come. Yeah, no, and it's interesting. That was, I mean, I have to admit, that was a pretty unique item and one we hadn't really sold. So that, you know, to me, that's an example of what I always call kind of like teamwork curation, where it's like the yes. the, the the better we get to know a person in a company, and then, you know, we might trip across something, but it's sort of like we start working down the funnel a little bit, and, and then you end up sometimes at an item that it's like, yeah. I mean, in some respects, you probably kind of brought that idea to us as much as anything. And then we kind of helped to get it done, make sure we know where to get it and things like that. But it's always interesting to see that, how the working together, the back and forth as we get to know each other better yields mm-hmm. some of that creativity. Yes, it really does. It really does. Back, back. And I think. Go ahead, sorry. Also, I think also the fact that you guys had those events is what sparked it, is you all had an event in Louisville where your various vendors came and I got to go around the room and kind of see the products and touch the products and chat with the vendors. And then you guys would take notes and then we could follow up after. And I felt like all of that is what helped get me there, but I might not have gotten there Mm -hmm. had I not been able to see the information in person. Cause I think that's the hard part with this job sometimes is finding the items that you don't get to hold in your hands every day. That's a, so that I had, I had honestly, I hate to admit this, but I had forgotten about that, that we had done. So, <laughs> and only because we just started doing, I mean, we've done our virtual partner series for, for a long time now, I think approaching two mm-hmm. years. Um, and this year was the first time we dipped our toes in the water of, of creating uh, a, like an in-person that we call live partner series live. Yeah. And, in in the spring of 2022, we had a – it's sort of like a – more or less it's an industry, uh, small-scale industry trade show, which you obviously have tables at similar things a lot, that mm-hmm. really targets us. But then what they'll do is they'll take a portion of the show and they'll reach out and partner with a company like ours and say, hey, we're going to give you what they call a captive show. Or like in our in our industry, they call it an end-user show, which means – Hey, we're going to let you bring in your customers instead of, you know, talking to you, the distributor, we're going to let you bring in your customers. And so we were fortunate enough that they gave us that chance in the spring. And, um, and we actually, it turned out that event was on the same exact day as our virtual event that day. 
And I think you actually did both. <laughs> you took the time to do the virtual event and then came over uh, to the live. And mm-hmm. we were nervous about that. Um, I mean, obviously trying to do two things on the same day is pretty risky, but we were <laughs> we were nervous about it from the standpoint of like, you know, would people find enough value in this kind of a thing? And so that was kind of like our test balloon. You know, can we get customers to come in and do they find this valuable? And we had, I don't know, maybe 15 or 20 of our customers with the fact that we had two events. And we only had three weeks to promote it. And it was really we, we kind of did it very quickly, but we're like, we really need to test this idea. Mm-hmm. We got a good response from you and others. Yeah. And so we decided to do our um, – and we actually just last Thursday on September 1st, and I don't think you were able to make that, as I recall. Correct. But we did our own event where we controlled it from beginning to end. We had about we had about 42 customers sign up, most of which came. and we That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And I think what the feedback we've gotten is exactly what you just said, that it's hard in this business when there's so many options – and, yes. you know, it just is so helpful to be able to go into a room and see a lot of things uh, yeah. in a short period of time. And I think what we constantly see is, uh, I mean, I had a client, I mean, I'll just tell the story. I had a client uh, that was in Thursday night and she was at one of the booths and they had a beer pong set, a uh, pickleball set. Oh, a pickleball pick- set. Yeah. And and so, I mean, yeah, see, so it's interesting. Even you respond to that. And I can tell you like, you know, kind of how we're wired sometimes. It's like those things feel a little bit outside of the edges of what someone might want to see. So like, you don't, you know, you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I don't know. That feels a little risky to show, but by bringing the customers into that environment, they see it and they go, Oh, I love this. And so then you get that education where it's like, Oh, I would have never thought you would have responded to, you know, those items. And so to your point, we took notes and now we're engaged in sourcing, pricing, all those types of things. And so we've decided as a result of the spring and the fall, that this is going to become a spring and fall thing we do every year. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So we're going to do, but <laughs> we're not going to compete with ourselves. So we're going to do um, virtual events on the off months. And then I think Mar- mm-hmm. right now, March is what we're targeting for our spring event. And at, yeah. at that point, um, what we'll do is that month won't have a virtual. It'll just be the live. So we'll do it probably yeah. in March and September. And then we're even considering kind of a holiday uh, reception. Um, yeah. in December is just a, you know, no vendors, just a like, Hey, come have a drink, uh, and just, you know, just hang out for a little bit. So that's one, those are great ideas. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that, hopefully that works out. And I mean, like I said, that, that feedback from you and others, I think was helpful in us deciding to do our own, uh, this fall and really continuing to do it going forward. Um, oh, great. It, there, you really just can't replace, as I, I'm sure you've seen in your business, you know, the virtual events, there were just, there were ways that we audibled to try to make up, you know, for the situation we all found ourselves in. But I think the thing I've learned <clears throat> is it is really hard, if not impossible, to replace the in-person and the value of it. Um, and that's that's not to make light of the fact that it didn't make sense to do it, but it is still hard yeah. to replace that. Show floors are very hard to do virtually <laughs> under any circumstance. Yes. Um, but I think that, yes, everybody did a great job with what they had in the situation at hand. So if we zoom out a little bit, you know, you were kind of talking mm-hmm. about that item at that uh, particular event. Can you just give me like, you know, for the benefit of the people that would be listening as they're trying to think strategically about how to use promote, you know, if you, what are the buckets that you see that you kind of use promotional items in? Um, I know that you mentioned, tra- I mean, trade shows, you know, external marketing in that particular case, but what are some of the other, I mean, I know we've done some things for staff. Yeah. You know, how do you view that? So 
we're known for a simple pin. And I know not a lot of people think of a pin as a great promotional thing. But again, I work with attorneys all day long and their office staff. And we have this pin that is expected of us at this point in time. And we even order it in different colors because different courts across the state, some might ask for blue ink, some might ask for red ink, and then you have your traditional black ink. Um, We use that wherever we go, that pin. It's almost like your calling card. Here's my business card. Here's my pin. You keep it at the events that you go to when we speak. We also leave it occasionally when we do sales calls. But it's the other items that we like to build, as I said, to have those conversations. So whether we are doing an event, so we do a lot of the education seminars across the state of Kentucky. And all of those seminars, we'll say 80% of the time, have an exhibit area. And we're in their exhibit area, as well as we try to speak when we can do the education side. And then we have Courtney Risk on our staff. She goes and she makes sales calls across the state. So what might she be leaving behind? Or we are looking to do a series of coffee talk, coffee chat sessions in and around. And so we may have ordered some mugs so that when you come to our coffee chat and it's just a come meet, greet and talk with us and you can take that coffee cup home with you or fill the coffee cup up there. Um, we've tried to do different things as they relate to wellness um, because as, as you are aware and you've seen not only in the legal community, but across all fields, the past three years have been hard or harder on everyone. And so just focusing on people getting to focus on themselves a little bit. So it depends on where we're going and what we're doing or the touch we're making. Um, But we try to take those things into consideration. What will make the impact? What do people expect from us? And what might get their attention? Yeah, no. And and the other thing that I feel like, and it's something that we've talked about um, even internally is, you know, I can't think of any other way to say it, but then context. So, you know, you talked about a coffee mug, you've talked, you, you know, you talked about pins, which there's a point I want to make about that too. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you have coffee mugs that you want to give to people, um, obviously doing it in the context of a coffee event where they, you know, they come in and they're yeah. given something. And it's like, you know, for example, if you and I meet maybe at a, for, for lunch or something, and I come in and I hand you a coffee mug, it's like, this is a thank you, but it might be kind of weird. Doesn't make a lot of yeah. sense. Am I supposed to drink from it now? Do I put it away? <laughs> you know, I, and, and I think that's what we kind of, so like from the very beginning, when I started Goodson, we'd have in-person meetings. I always gave a pen and a notebook because yeah. it made sense for that type of meeting. And I can't tell you how often people would sit down with me and go, you know what? I, f- I forgot my pen and my notebook, but there are some notes I want to take from this meeting. And so then it's, 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 it's logical. It makes sense. It has context. Yes. And that's the same thing with the coffee cup. You know, they're coming to an event that's a coffee event and then you're, you're the, the mug they're getting has your logo and they can take it with them. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think context is so important. And frankly, even as we've debriefed from our event last week, something that we realized we need to do better in the spring is create some context for the overall theme of the event. Also for mm-hmm. the individual uh, partners that we've chosen to have in the room. And because it's just, look, we are all so busy and there's so much going on. It's nothing more than um, the fact that we just, we need some help sometimes because we just don't have the capacity to, to dive into it. You know, somebody just help me understand what you want me to get out of this, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And I love the idea of speaking at events too. That's something that um, we've never done. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it's also a component we have batted around internally about our events, having someone do a speaking part or even a, an educational part around marketing or something yeah. like that. And that's something I would love to know your thought. You know, if I said, for example, we do our event from five to eight, but maybe from four thirty to five, there's an opportunity to come and maybe we have somebody coming in to talk about something related to marketing. Yes. Would that be valuable? I think, I think it is valuable. It's almost like it's the best practices. And it, again, it makes you grow. It's interesting to see what this company does versus that company um, and then what you can pull from them. Yeah, that's. I think that's something that we're going to give real serious consideration to. Um, and, and it is funny even just doing events when you have a desired experience for people to have and then you you go through it and it's like, after the fact, I mean, you can really, if you're not careful, you can really pick yourself apart, you know, like in areas that you <laughs> want to improve. Um, okay. In, in, uh, with your, with respect to your kind of experience with us, what would be mm-hmm. some things that you feel like we've done well or not well? Like what would be maybe one or two things that's like, Hey, you guys really do this well. I think you mentioned some of the listening and some of just understanding those points that you had, had given to us up front, um, and maybe some areas that we could improve. Your processes are very well thought out and organized. It's click this link, review this. Once you're okay, click this, approve, make any changes. Um, I like that when we get some more complicated items or unique items, you guys try to send me a sample of the run before the full thing goes out. uh, Because I think that's important, especially when you're dealing with colors and matching to truly hit the brand. Um, I think of that just because we have, because you're able to customize so many more things. If you think about 20 years ago and what you could do from a promotional item and a brand perspective to where we are today, it's amazing. Um, But because it's grown so much, it also, you have to be able to sometimes see what's happening there. Yeah. I know Buck, who you work with, on our team, he he always said to me as uh, who full disclosure, my dad. Um, so when I was coming up in the business working with with him, something he always said to me was, "There's how did he say it? He said there's uh, there's never two, time to do it right, but there's always time to do it over." And <laughs> so you know, it's and and that is, I mean, by and large, it's true. To a lot of times, you know, it's like you know, rush, rush, rush to get it done, and then if there's a problem, somehow we find more time to fix it. Um, but the point with that is just to, to talk about when there's an opportunity, when there is time. And it and it typically is a little bit additional time and a little bit additional money on the front end. But pre-production mm-hmm. – we, we call them pre-production proofs is what you're referring to. Yes. Um, those things are worth their weight in gold. And, it, <laughs> and it's funny. It's a lot like the product you sell, insurance, which is, mm-hmm. you know, until you experience the thing that calls the product, you know, puts the – you know, a situation where you need the product, you really don't know the value of it. You know, (laughs) so in some respects, those pre-production proofs are like a little insurance product for both of us. Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) You never think you're going to have that error until you do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to your point, the other thing that you said, which is so true. And I know that, uh, you know, my, my father, he's, he's done this for, I'll be 42 at the end of this month. And so he's done it pretty much my whole life. And he tells me stories about what it used to take to get orders accomplished, you know, as far as, 
and just the speed with which we can, because of the digital nature of all the artwork and everything now, um, mm-hmm. you know, he tells me way back in the day where you had to do actual physical artboards that had to be sent by FedEx or UPS overnight, you know, to get approval and things like that. And now it's just, you know, the, just the speed with which it all happens is crazy. It It is crazy, but it's sometimes I miss the slower yeah. speed. It's the so quick that you did you get all the steps? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think balancing, you know, what's funny with, with doing more and doing things faster, there's certainly a lot of benefit in it. But sometimes I think what you got to be careful about, and then, and we fight this too, is how do you maintain quality? You know, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you not get so focused on doing just more and faster yeah. to the detriment of, man, is what I did, is what we did, you know, quality, is it valuable? Um and that's what, I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's what the new fight is a little bit. Is like, how do I fight, you know, to stay to where it's valuable and it's quality. Um, but I think that goes back to the old adage of you get two of the three. You can have cheap. Do you want cost, speed, quality? Yep. Which one are you willing to give up? Yep. Because you can't get all three. Yep. Or very, very rarely. <laughs> True. <laughs> so the final you know, part of our conversation, I want to just talk about brand building. And mm-hmm. I know we've touched on it a little bit. We talked a little bit about the products. But you know, I think the final thing that a lot of people that might listen to these episodes and really what might, I think, lead into some of the conversations that we start to uh, feature at some of the events that we do is just helping people to understand how you see the brand you know, the Lawyers Mutual of Kentucky brand and how you go about building it, not just specifically with the things that we sell. Um, but, and, and, you know, I've asked it in the past, like, how would you define the brand? And I feel like sometimes I've trip, trip, tripped people up in thinking that that's like agency speak, if you will. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you were to define in whatever way is is easiest, even if it's just common language, the brand of Lawyers Mutual of Kentucky, how would you define that? And then maybe start talking us through how you, go about building that on a larger scale, not just with the things that we do. Yeah. I think our brand very much is in the company. We are attorney, we are attorneys founded by attorneys and we're for attorneys. We understand this business. I think our biggest challenge will always be as the practice of law continues to change. And as the, People get older and people can, and younger people come in, your newer workforce, just engaging with them and educating them about the brand and who we are, why it's important. The story from 30 years ago might not be the story of today. Yeah, no, it's, um, man, it is so interesting, even as I think about just in our business, we're, we're in a very much a transition. I mean, if you take my father, who's 62, yeah, 62. Mm-hmm. And his group, give or take a few years, is sort of this one band within our industry in particular. Yeah. And you have this shift now down to, you know, like in, in my case, I now own this company. I'm 42. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely even underneath behind me, so to speak. It's interesting to see this philosophical shift in young people and how they view the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. Yes. And I think when you to marketing and communications with people, you have to keep that in mind. Your message will always be your message, but the conversation might be 
a little different for each market. In light of that, mm-hmm. looking into the future, what do you see as, you know, you, you have the product that you sell, which mm-hmm. um, sounds like you're not concerned about whether it's relevant with what's coming in the future. You're, it sounds, if I'm understanding, it's more just how do I talk about it to a, a, a you know, a market that's changing in terms Correct. of age and, you know, but you don't mm-hmm. see, I mean, am I understanding that right? You don't, I mean, it's like, Hey, no matter, we don't see in the future, this becoming less relevant. I mean, there's still going to be attorneys. They're still going to have clients. They're still going to need this protection. Correct. Um, and it's not only the protection. So that's just one side of what we do. We do a lot of risk management or risk education. We're always going to provide that. One of the main missions of the company is to support the Kentucky bar. So that means all attorneys in Kentucky and trying to be there um, with the education and the knowledge and the risk avoidance. But how do you, how do you engage that? Is it through live meetings? Is it on-demand webinars? Is it podcast at some point in time? Newsletters. We, I can remember we started and our newsletters were printed and mailed. <laughs> and now our newsletters are electronic and posted on our website. It is. Um, I was talking with someone the other day about how, you know, there was a there was a real fear for a while that printing was just going to go away completely. And mm-hmm. I think printing has changed. Physical printed pieces has changed a lot. Um there's still a fair amount of it that gets done. And it seemed like there's a little bit more of a shift from, okay, it's not so much, are we going to print? It's what are we going to print now? Um, yeah. But there have been some major shifts in like the things you're talking about. Like I remember, I mean, I'm, you know, I, even like when I was in college and different things, I would get things that were physical printed newsletters and I never see those anymore. <laughs> no. um, um, I get some things in print form and some things in digital. And it's interesting to know what's, ones I prefer. Yeah. No, in what formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 and you know, what's funny too, is a lot of the printers in our, uh, they've expanded laterally into a lot of the things that we're doing. I think that was part of their response to the changing nature of printing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of that. So, and I mean, we well, continue to see, I mean, you look into the future of our business and I think what we're seeing is first of all, there's a lot of consolidation on the supplier mm-hmm. side. I mean, I think everybody would on some level agree that there's, we certainly don't have a, a shortage of products. I mean, our yes. our industry does not have a product problem. There's there's plenty of of items, and so then on the back end, you see, I think a lot of the smaller suppliers are being acquired and and merged into these larger and larger companies that are multi line. Um, yeah. It will be interesting to see what that. I, I think in some respects that's good because it's taking out some of the product options because when they're buying those you know smaller companies, they're typically keeping some of their best performing products and getting rid of the rest. Um, mm-hmm. But it will also, I think be interesting to see what does that end up meaning on like my side with the distributor side. Um, and obviously you have a lot of direct sold options online, but to me, the problem that still doesn't really get addressed well. And what we're trying to do, I think with um, the live events and some of those kinds of things is, is how do we make it, how do we create an opportunity where if a person is a, is a, if a company is, is a customer of Goodson that they plug into what I would call almost like an ecosystem of mm-hmm. a well thought out methodical approach to creating an opportunity for people to touch, feel, and see a lot of products, because ultimately mm-hmm. that's the best way for people to yeah. decide how to weave those products into the marketing uh, objectives that they have. 
Yeah. So, um, well, we're right up against time. Um, like I said, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I, I mean, every time I, I do one of these, I'm very appreciative because I know how hard it is and how busy people are to, you know, especially to put some time in the middle of the day for something like this. So I do appreciate it. Um, can you tell people the best way to connect with you or Lawyer, Lawyers Mutual of Kentucky? Yeah. Um, so Lawyers Mutual, we are Limic, com is our website. But the best way depends on what people prefer. If you're an email person, email me. And it's Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S, at Lemic.com. Or just call our office, 502-568-6100. And if you're a texter, I'll, I'll get you the number to text at. I think service in that regard is important. You guys do a great job of it with your customers. I have seen that and experienced it. And I think the ability to um, answer any questions or anybody needs to see them will be available for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, like I, like I said, thanks again for doing this. Uh, it was really fun. I, I, I definitely learned more about, you know, Lawyers Mutual um, folks out there. That's the information. We will recapture some of that in uh, when we post the episode. And uh, Nancy, enjoyed it. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun.